0: Okay, so as Mike said, my name's Glenn, and uh, I'm going to be continuing in the series on well being this morning. I've really enjoyed the series so far. It may be different after today, but to, so far it's been really good for me. Uh, I think I've enjoyed it because I love to think of Christians and I think people of God living the abundant life. I love to think that we live a vit- kind of a life of vitality, energy and wholeness, not just mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, all of those things coming together. And I think it speaks well to the world as well. So when non-Christians see Christians living that whole life, I think it compels them to want to know more, want to know why are they living such a, a victorious life. So I've been challenged, and I've been taking lots of notes so far, and I've really enjoyed it. And I hope today I can bring some further encouragement. There'll be an element of challenge to the speech as well, to the talk as well. So I hope that's taken in the right way. I'm going to specifically be looking at physical well being this morning. And I did want to overlay this part with the song Let's Get Physical, you know, the one by Olivia Newton John. But then I thought the second and the third line of that song is Let Me Hear Your Body Talk. And I just thought it's not appropriate in church. No one wants to hear anybody's body talk at all. Thank you. Oh, this is great. Was that bugging everybody? Um, (laughs) In terms of physical well-being, I've always been inclined towards physical well-being. And I think it started from an early age with my dad. He was always into weight and is now, and fitness. And every year, whether it's my birthday or my Christmas present, he would get me something to do with exercise equipment. I think on my sixth or seventh Christmas, he bought me this 100 kg set of weights, which is unbelievable. Um, I couldn't lift the bar, and I'm kind of like unwrapping, and it's like, there's another 10 kg disc, Dad, thank you very much. And some of you may be looking at me thinking, you should have made more of that present, and and you would be right in thinking that. But what my dad did from a very early age, he installed in me a partial understanding of the value of physical well-being, so I was very grateful for that. During this morning, I might ask you at some point to stand up, partly because it's linked with the topic, physical, and partly because I've noticed that since moving from the cricket ground to here, the seats are very, very comfortable here, and with the warmth and the dark kind of lighting, I've noticed even with the parents where the children are around, we have got a bit of nodding dog at some point with some people, and I won't point them out, but I think if I see the energies feeling a bit low in the room, I might just get us to stand up, so if you bear with me on that. The title of my talk this morning is, Does Matter Matter? And just for clarity, that is not me. <laughs> this guy's got more hair than me, so does matter matter? I want to start by finishing where we are. I want to start by where we finished last week, which was with the words of the song by Andy, and those were, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. The reason I want to start there is because a lot of what I'm going to say today is not really about heaven and hell or salvation. It's not about whether you're saved, because if you have confessed Jesus Lord as your Savior, you've invited him into your life and you're following him, then you are saved. There's nothing more that you can do to earn God's love. He loves you fully. But what I want to focus on today is are we living the abundant life, specifically in the area of physical well-being? The question that I want to frame the whole talk is is this. As a follower of Christ, why does our physical well-being matter? And does it really matter to God? As a follower of Christ why does our physical well-being matter and does it really matter to God? Quite often when we when we form our opinions and we form our stances on things it can be that we've taken on learnings we've taken on thoughts we've taken on attitudes and we don't really know why we've taken them on. Often learnings come and we just kind of they they're coming so subtly they've become our stance and we become Committed to that stance on something. And we need to be mindful when we're taking on things and questioning why we think a certain way about something. And it comes it's the same with physical well-being. There's a C.S. Lewis quote, and I'm gonna read it. Hopefully it will come up here as well. The devil always sends errors into the world in pairs, pairs of opposites, and he always encourages us to spend a lot of time thinking which is the worst. And you can see why, of course. He relies on our extra dislike of the one error to draw us gradually into the opposite one. But do not let us be fooled. We have to keep our eyes on the goal and go straight through between both errors. We have no other concern than that with either one of them. What's this got to do with physical well-being? Well, there are different schools of thought to the value-placed on the body and on physical well-being. And I just want to look at two extremes, two pairs of errors when it comes to physical well-being. So over here, we have a school of thought that was adopted by the Gnostics. There were a sect of people that believed that knowledge was the most important thing. They believed that one day, having a special knowledge, they would leave this tomb of a body and they would be with God They had a dualistic thinking that goes, the body is bad, but the mind is good. The mind is everything, and the body is to be escaped. So that was kind of an error. And I've noticed a partial dilution of that still in existence with some elements of the church, that we kind of ignore the body as it doesn't really mean, much because we are spiritual and, and, and it's all about the spirit. That was an extreme error. Over here, we have what I would say is, I'm going to frame it as a lot of what the Western world think towards the body. That is, the body is everything. It is something to be worshipped. It is something to be lifted up. If your body beautiful, then you, your whole identity is kind of fantastic. And, and it's something that we take an extreme opposite. It filters through our advertising. It filters through magazines. It filters through TV programs. And it's almost like the body is worshipped. So we have two areas. We have the body means nothing and it's to be escaped, and we have the bodies, everything, and it's to be worshipped. As Christians, we need to walk right between those two areas and have nothing to do with either one of them. The Christian perspective is that it com- we come from a very different starting point. Our starting point is this, that when God made the world and God made man with a body, he said it was good. God affirmed it was good. When God entered into this world, he came in bodily form. Through Jesus' ministry, he was not only about healing people emotionally and and spiritually, but he healed people physically. So on the heart of Jesus was the physical well-being of people, whether it's blindness, whether it's deafness, lame. He healed people, so it was important to Jesus. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he was raised in bodily form. Now, there's a whole, you could unpack a whole series on just that alone. but And it would have been really convenient to be raised, resurrected spiritually. But the evidence was there that Jesus was raised physically from the dead. And that one day we will all have new bodies. You might hear a few amens to that. So you can see that the body and and. The physical has a different starting point for the Christian than other schools of thought. Early last week I was praying about this because I was praying into this and I wanted to really hear from God what his thoughts were on this. And I asked the question, I said, Lord, as a follower of you, why does my physical well-being matter? Why does the condition of this body and my physical well-being matter to you? And I felt God come back straight to me and said, Glenn, that's like you asking me, why is the physical state of your house important to you? Now, it was early. I thought it was a little bit abrupt, but I didn't go any further. I just kind of went with it. And then I said, Lord, why does the physical state of my house matter? And he said, because that's where you live. That's where you live. And then I felt God say to me, you chose your house. You paid for it or are paying for it. You live in it, and it belongs to you. I chose you. I paid the price for you. I live in you, and you belong to me. I chose you i I paid the price for you. I live in you, and you belong to me. I thought, wow, that totally makes sense. Good chat, Lord, thank you. You just you know it's kind of just confirmed as I was thinking. When God speaks, you'll always speak in alignment with His Word the scriptures. It's never gonna be a um opposite to what he says in his word. So I wanna now unpack a couple of scriptures again, drilling down into the emphasis on the physical well being and the body. The first scripture that hopefully will come behind me is Romans twelve one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. This is your spiritual act of worship. What we can see here is Paul is talking about, he's making the connection between the physical and the spiritual, that when we worship, we don't just worship part of us. We have to worship with everything. And and he's making the connection that, What we do with our body is an act of spiritual worship as well. God wants the whole person. Then we come on to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12 to 20. Great. Sorry about the font. It's a bit small. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Do you not know that our bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I take then the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For he said the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All of the sins a person commits outside of the body, or outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And this is the clincher verse. Not that the other one wasn't important. But he says, do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore honor your God. Honor your um, God with your body. Therefore, honor God with your body. Again, what Paul's emphasizing here is that we have to be very different as Christians than than it would be for the world. The way the world looks at their body is that the body is their own; they can do with it what they want. They can sleep with whoever they want. They can sleep with as many people as they want. They can treat their body in any way they want because they don't believe it belongs to anybody but themselves. The only person they're accountable is to themselves. As a Christian, we we can't think like that. You know, what we do and who we do it with and how we treat our body, that's really important according to Scripture. So I have a confession for you. I don't like people lending me books. I know it sounds weird and it sounds grumpy, but I don't like people lending me books. And there's a reason for that. Have you ever met someone that reads a book and so desperate to lend it to you, they kind of force it on you? I don't like that. I'm grumpy. But the reason why I don't is because if I own a book, I can scribble notes on it. I can doggy at the corners to know which page I'm on, which will horrify some people, including my wife. I can chuck it in the side of the room and pick it up when I want. When someone lends me a book, I have to treat it very differently. I put it in a plastic wallet. If they've lent me a new book, I kind of only partially open it so I don't (laughs) break the spine. And I just have to be like totally different with a book that someone lends me. And I think it's kind of a similar mentality that we need to adopt with our bodies. When we move from the mentality of being an owner to being a tenant, that this is not ours. We have to look after it very differently because there's an accountability to what we do. It's very different to own something than it is to be looking after something because it belongs to someone else. I want to continue to drill down in, again, why I believe the physical well-being is important, and I've I've kind of spelt out three different points why I believe it's important. Because I believe it's an expression of our love for God. I believe it's an expression of our love for us, our, um, for other people, and I think it's an expression of our love for ourselves. Starting with the expression of love for God. If you believe that God has given you this gift, which is your body and your physical well-being is important, and the body matters, matter matters to God, then looking after it is a sign of gratitude to to God for that. He's given us something very special. Every good and perfect gift comes from from above. And if if we believe that and we believe we're tenants, then by looking after this body and our physical well-being, it's a sign of gratitude. I want you to imagine someone comes to you now and chucks a, a set of brand new... Ferrari keys to you and says, This is yours, you can do with it as you want. You know, look, you, you've got it for as long as you want. You would look after that car. You would treat it right, you'd put the right fuel, you'd do all the right things, you wouldn't crash, you, you know, you do everything to look after it. Now, you may be sitting next to someone, you might be thinking, Well, they're more of a Fiat than a Ferrari, but I can tell you that they are a Ferrari. We're all Ferraris, I and mean, it's a bad link, but you know, our bodies are amazing gifts. They're incredible. I'm not a scientist, but I've done some very top-level studies on the body. And the things that, you know, our body is an amazing thing. The DNA, everything, the structure, how it all works, comes together. It's an incredible gift. And I think it's it's a sign of gratitude to God when we look after that and we look after our well-being. When we look after our physical well-being, we can use it as praise to God. Psalm 134 says, lift up holy hands in prayer and praise to the Lord. We can use our whole body, our physical being, to praise the Lord. Now, I wasn't brought up in a church. And when I first came to church and I I kind of saw people worshipping, I saw people lifting up their hand, I honestly thought, I've joined a cult. This is weird. This is too weird for me to... you know. And I would stand there and everybody would be worshipping. I would put my hands in my pocket and I would keep them firmly there so nobody thought I was joining this cult. It was, yeah... But then I'd be the very same person that would go home and if there was a great rugby match on or a football match or something like that, I'd be cheered and going crazy and looking silly. You know, it was kind of natural to do that. And it's only over time I've kind of realized that it's so natural to use your body to worship God, to lift your hands, to get on your knees in prayer, to dance before the Lord, clothes on. Um, you know, to, I've seen people using flags and so on and so forth, but it's just a natural thing to use your. I just wanted, to, just in case anybody was considering that next week, clothes are mandatory in Oasis, um, but it is, a, it is a, a, an expression of our love for God. We can use our bodies to help pray, you know, to to praise the Lord. The third one is mission, and here I want to talk to you about John Wesley. I don't know you've, you've, you may have heard about him. He was the founder of the Methodist movement. I encourage all of us, in fact, if you get chance to read about him, he is an incredible man, incredible man, incredible life that he had. Um, it will challenge you. It will inspire you. He was a man that he, he was in the 1700s, and he was known for his mission work. He rode on horseback up and down the country preaching. And it was said that he rode over a quarter of a million miles on horseback. He preached over 40,000 sermons. And he was known for starting his day at 4 a.m. in the morning. 4 a.m. He lived till he was 88, which in the 1700s was incredible. But in his 70s, he was known for saying that he felt like he was getting lazy and sluggish because he didn't want to get up before 5 a.m. And I'm thinking, gosh... I don't get up before 10 a.m., never mind 5 a.m., but he was an incredible man, and he knew the connection between the physical well-being of somebody and their ability to continue doing mission for as long as they can. Now, with all of these things, I'm not saying that if you're not physically well, you can't do mission, or if you're not physically well, you you can't show gratitude, or you can't do praise. That's absolutely not what I'm saying, but when you look after yourself and you're in good physical well-being, It helps support these things that are an expression of our love for God. So John Wesley, he wrote a book called Primitive Physique. And I just want to read a couple of extracts because he had great insight back in the 1700s. This was before there was like a fitness first on every corner and a David Lloyd in every town. This was really quite insightful stuff. He says, the power of exercise both to preserve and restore health is greater than can well be conceived. Especially in those who add temperance, who, if they do not confine themselves to either bread or herb of the field, yet steadily observe both the kind and measure of food which experience shows to be the most friendly to health and strength. And he said, <coughs> I'm just going to read you a few points he said on diet and exercise. On diet, he said, the great rule of eating and drinking is this to suit the quality and the quantity of the food to the strength of our digestion to take always such a sort and such a measure of food as it sits light and easy in the stomach. Now, I have to, I have to say i found this quite challenging. The reason is because quite often I get into the, what I call the harvester-carvery mentality. I don't know if anybody's been there, where you literally play Jenga with food, and at the very end you kind of put a Yorkshire pudding on top. <laughs> and then your biceps burn to the table and then you kind of eat two thirds of it and it goes away so you know i think we can all get into that habit of eating lots and lots and eating probably the wrong sorts of food now again i want to bring balance to this message we, you know i'm not profess- i'm not suggesting we all become miserable kale eating christians that all we ever do is eat kale and drink water there is room to enjoy foods there's room to enjoy sugary foods But it's really about balance. If the majority of your diet is not good and too much, then there are going to be implications of that. But it's a balanced approach that we need to take. He says that nothing conduces more to health than the abstinence and and plain food with due labor. And water is one of the most wholesome drinks. It quickens the appetite and strengthens the digestion most, most. Exercise. A due degree of exercise is indispensably necessary to health and long life. Those who read or write much should learn to do it standing up. Otherwise, it will impair their health. Now, it's it's strange because there's been an explosion of, of studies around standing up at work. And we have it at our work because the implications of sitting down. So maybe the pattern of our lives go like this. We sleep, we get in the car we go to work, we sit down for eight hours, we get in the car, we go home, we watch telly, and we go to sleep. And that can be a dangerous pattern that we can all get into. The The thing about being still for too long is the digestive system is not working, the ability to metabolize fat, all of these things are slowing down as we slow down. So standing up regularly, and they suggest every 30 minutes, which I've tried to start doing now, it gets awkward in the cinema, because people just get really frustrated. But, but it's really helpful to keep moving and standing up quite regularly. He says that walking is the best exercise for those who are able to. Riding for those who are not. For those of you who have got your horses outside. It also says that the open air is, the open air is good and contributes to the benefit of exercise. This is the last one. I love it because we've got lots of students here. The studious ought to have stated times of exercise, at least two to three hours a day. Two to three hours a day, half of that before dinner, and half before going to bed. Wow, I think about, I do about two to three a month, but I'm going to keep working on this. So, I, you know, <clears throat> John Wesley did an amazing, had an amazing life, and God used him in, in, in an amazing way. His mission impacted this whole nation but he knew the connection between looking after ourselves physically and being able to do that for the Lord. The second point is about looking after our physical well-being is an expression of our love for other people. At the very simplest level, when you serve people, you have to expend energy, you have to do stuff. If you're there for whatever that is, you kind of physically give out. Jesus demonstrated when he washed the disciples' feet. We have people that demonstrate it all over Oasis Church, whether that's going out to love the city at the church where you're meeting people, you're walking, you're, you're going around engaging with people, whether that's like Jenny taking the youth on a weekend away, or people in the children's work. All of these things require physical energy and doing something physical. Again, what I'm not saying is that you can't serve the Lord in other ways, but this is one expression. By looking after ourselves, we can we can do mission work easier when it comes to physical work. And also, I think, like m- me, I would expect most people, they want to be around for their children. They want to be around for their children's children. So looking after ourselves is an expression of saying, it's a statement of intent that I'm going to do my best to be with you for as long as I can. I'm going to look after myself because I love you, you love me, and that's what I want for us. Now, again, there's another caveat here, and that is that there are people that have looked at themselves very, very well, and they've still become ill. And I, I don't know why you know, that, that happens, and that will you know, may always continue to happen. But what I think is a strong position on this is the probability of becoming ill becomes less and less the more you look after yourself and you have physical well-being. And I think that's you know scientifically shown. Exercise, eating right, all of these things will give you the much better chance of being around for longer. And the third one is about loving yourself. At this point, I'm just going to ask everyone just to stand up gently if you can. I did say it was coming. (laughs) If you could um, close your eyes, please. And I'm going to, yeah, Mike's going to do 50 press-ups to show well-being. I'm going to ask you three questions. If you could raise your hand if the answer is yes to each of the questions. So if we could close our eyes, that would be great. So the first question is, put your hand up if you'd say you love God. Love God. Okay, good. Okay, put your hands down. Put your hands up if there is someone in your life that you love. It doesn't matter who it is, there's someone in your life that you love. Okay, that's good. Bless you. Third question. Put your hands up if you love yourself. Okay. Okay, put your hands down. <clears throat> You can sit down there. <laughs> Interestingly, I, I wasn't sure how that was going to go in terms of those three questions. But it went as I thought it might. Everybody put their hand up. They love God. And it's with the Oasis. That's our mantra in Oasis. We love God. Everybody put their hand up that they love someone in their life. They love people. Maybe 55% of you put your hand up when I said, do you love yourself? I just think that's quite interesting how we think towards ourselves. And again, as I mentioned earlier, we have to be really careful that we don't fall into error when we think about that question. There is one error that says if you love yourself, that you're narcissistic, you're vain, you're arrogant. And that's kind of you shouldn't love yourself. We have the error over here that you should love yourself for all the wrong reasons because you are the best thing since sliced bread, and there's a whole set of vanity reasons why you should love yourself it's all puffed kind of puffed up. I think as Christians, we again need to understand the perspective of that that for us we need to love ourselves because God loves us in scripture. It talks about to love you need to love yourself uh, love your neighbour as yourself. Implicit in that command is that you do love yourself. There's nothing shameful about loving yourself. And I know that's a sensitive and maybe a difficult challenge for a lot of people, but there is nothing wrong with loving yourself. And one way that we express a love for ourselves is by wishing ourselves well, by wanting to do the best we can with our bodies and our physical well-being. I think that's an important factor. So, looking after ourselves, our physical well-being can be an expression of our love for God. It's an expression of love for other people. And it also is an expression of love for ourselves. So, conscious of time. At this point, I was thinking, well, would it be helpful if I made some recommendations on what we should do to have good health? Would it help if I kind of put up an exercise plan or a diet plan and stuff like that? And then I realized that probably everybody would walk out at that point. Because the reality is I don't think knowledge is our challenge when it comes to good health and well-being. I don't think it is about knowledge. If I sat with any one of you and I said, what do you think you would need to do to look after yourself more? You would say, well, Glenn, I need to exercise. I need to eat right, et etc. et cetera. I need to rest, all of those things. So I don't think anybody's got really a fundamental knowledge gap. There may be, you know, what you know now will take you 80% of the way to good health. So knowledge isn't the challenge here. So what I want to do, I just want to ask you 10 questions. And they should come up one at a time on on the screen. And I want them to just settle inside of you over the next few days. And if you feel like the Holy Spirit is challenging on this, then, then, you know, I think it's good to wrestle with these things. Again, it's not about anybody feeling condemned. It's just about thinking, how do I live a well life, physically well life, and how does that connect with my spiritual life, my emotional life, my thought life? Because all of these things are connected. If you have an issue with your physical life, it is going to overspill into your spiritual and your mental well-being. If you have a, uh, something, an issue with your mental well-being, it spills into the other areas. Everything is connected. So I'm going to ask 10 questions. I hope they're encouraging. I hope they're slightly challenging because that's the point of them. So the first one is, do you recognize that you are a tenant of your body and not an owner? You do, say that again. You've got to pay rent. Yes, you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want the landlord banging on your door with this one. Do you eat in a way that is loving towards yourself? both in quantity and quality. Are you doing enough exercise daily and weekly to do all that you can to be around for the people you love and the people you care for? Are you laughing enough? And this is an important one because if you're someone that's going around and you're so tightly wound, you're stressed about everything, you're ready to snap at everything, I think, you know, that's not good for your health. That's really, physiologically over a long time, that's going to release certain uh, uh, hormones into the system that over time will just be corrosive to your organs. It just It just doesn't bode well for good health. So, you know, I don't know how you plan laughter. I don't know how you schedule a good time, but, you know... <laughs> let's work it out. I mean, maybe we should have personal trainers for for laughter and just, you know, get people working out in laughter. I don't know. But whatever that looks like for you, whoever you laugh, whoever you laugh at, probably me at the moment. But I just think, you know, laughter is really important. But, you know, it's in the Bible as well. So that's always a good thing. Are you resting enough? Are you getting enough decent rest? Now, again, Lots of challenges here. I'm not just talking about a power nap or anything like that. Are you resting fundamentally in God, and are you physically resting, or is your rest being taken by the 27 WhatsApp groups that you're in, the iPad that's on the side, or all of these things? You know, are you deeply resting and giving yourself enough physical rest every night to to conducive to, con- to long term good health? Do you thank God for your body regularly? And this one challenged me uh, as I wrote it down. Because um, I thought to myself, I-, I don't thank God regularly enough for my body. There is a saying, and it goes something like this. I'm probably not going to do it justice now. But it goes like this. It says, "The Good health is the crown on the well person's head that only the sick person can see. Good health is the crown on the well person's head that only the sick person can see. And often it's not until we start to have a health issue, we can see how valuable good health is. Thanking God regularly means that we value good health and health and physical well-being. So I think it's great that we should thank God for good health. Wherever stage we're at, we always give God thanks and thanks for physical well-being. Are you moving around enough? I mentioned this earlier. Are we moving enough? You know, as we as we uh, grow in life, I remember when I was a kid. I was kind of energy all over the place. My dad used to say, "Have you got ants in your pants?" And I'd be like, "I don't know what that means, but I think so." And you know, you just kind of move. kids, move all the time. Then you kind of go through your twenties and 30s, slow down a bit, on the computer all day. Then you kind of go, and, and you kind of slow and slow and slow. Now there is obviously an aging process, but I wonder how much we can slow that down. Do we end up being very static because we don't move, and does it become a self-fulfilling thing that because we don't move, we can't move? And and so I think moving around regularly, keep on doing, keep on doing that, is conducive to good health and well-being. Final few: Are we spending enough time outside in nature? I think someone prayed that earlier. Just being outside, being in God's nature is amazing. I'm not a tree hugger, but I just love being out in the in the kind of God's nature up in the Morven Hills. I think it's it's healthy for the Mind is healthy for the spirit. It's healthy for the body. Do you praise God with your whole body? And we mentioned this earlier. Are you using all of your being to worship God? Hands, you know, are you on your knees? Are you waving? In I went to Trinidad once, and the churches in Trinidad act very different to the ones in Britain. You know, they are full-on... Dancing in the aisles, they do worship for like hours and then preaching for You go to church in somewhere like Trinidad, you're there for the whole day, it's your whole Sunday, written off. Well, not written off, in the right place, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And then you go for your Calvary afterwards. But no, but the point is they, they spend the whole, you know, they, they, they worship with everything, they just go for it. My final question, and this is kind of an all-encompassing one. Knowledge is not our issue action really is what can you do today this very day to improve your physical well-being as an expression of love for God as an expression of love for other people and as an expression of love for yourself and I'm just going to leave you with one final thought from my good friend Mr. Spock. Live long and prosper. That's it. I
1: think Glenn's given us lots to think about. Really helpful. Um, actually, how can we steward this body well in order to love God, love people, and love ourselves? Why don't we stand up? I'd just like to pray as we finish. Maybe there's a few of you who just think, actually, this has landed with me. Glenn was really clear throughout, just to hear this right, this isn't a condemnation thing. This isn't a comparing myself to the person next to me thing. We all have different starting points, and we all have different seasons in life. But this is about um, how do I look after that which God has given me in order to enjoy life fully? And so maybe one or two of you feel like, I could just do some prayer for this, someone to come and help me. We're going to be a few of us at the bottom here. We'd love to pray with you. Let me just pray for us all though as we finish. Father God, I thank you for Glenn's word to us. I thank you it's your word, Lord. I thank you that you've given us our bodies. They're a gift. Thank you that we're going to be inhabiting physical bodies for all eternity. It's what the resurrection demonstrates. Thank you, Jesus. It's a good thing. And so uh, I want to thank you for our bodies. We want to look after them well. I just pray you give us wisdom to know what that looks like for different ones of us. Pray, Jesus, that you would help us to embrace that opportunity. It's not something heavy. It's something to embrace and enjoy. And and I pray, Father God, that um, we would, all of us this week, be grateful for the bodies you've given us. Even those of us who are just struggling with health issues, help us, Lord God, to know what it looks like to still steward our bodies well and to offer them up in in worship to you and enjoy being the people you've made us to be. Thank you. Don't make any mistakes in the way you made us. Thank you. We're just the way you've intended us to be. Help us, God, to make the most of our bodies, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.